0: Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week, we sit down with Carol Roth. Carol is the go-to source on all things financial, but she's got a different career goal these days. We talk to her in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about APRCoffee.com, American Pride Roasters Coffee. See, when Dave Matthews recently came to me and asked me about some of the tastes that I love macadamia nuts came up and before you knew it he'd created the at the mic macadamia nut blend and i absolutely love it his implementing me along with a nut is of course a perfect combination and so this full city plus blend of guatemalan beans and premium macadamia nut flavor is absolutely perfect the unique at the mic blend is rich and bold without being overwhelming You'll catch hints of caramel, roasted grains, and enough macadamia flavor to create an exciting full-bodied cup. Try the new ATM Macadamia Nut Blend from American Pride Roasters today, and don't forget your 10% off discount when you enter in promo code ATM at checkout. There are so many blends to try from aprcoffee.com. Get some today. That's aprcoffee.com. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Carol Roth is my guest this week on At The Mic. She has been all over your television talking about finances, stocks, politics. You've seen her in so many settings. But there's one that she really wants to pursue. (laughs) We're going to discuss that and so much more. Here's my conversation with Carol Roth. Carol Roth in studio. Wow, look at that. You come with sound effects. I
1: do, That's I do. Awesome. I also can do um, various voices and oh, yeah? characters and things like that. So as we need it to, okay. to enhance the podcast, if you need something, just call on me.
0: Well, not to put you on the spot, but is your do you have like a go-to character? I do. Okay, who we you got?
1: I've got Jimmy Vollmer from South Park.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, so I'm not a big South Park guy, but I know enough of the characters, you know, that I'm probably going to recognize this, right? Uh, you should. Because I, I might be able to join in, maybe.
1: Well,
0: Keith, this <laughs> is a great podcast. Okay. See, you nailed it. I mean, that's good Thank stuff you. right Thank there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: And do you think it's funny? That, like, the, the, my go to is like the super obscure right, <laughs> like, right. side character. It's not, the, it's the, not like the main whose one. Whose
0: name I didn't know, but whose voice I did.
1: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> <So. laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I was, I was thinking about doing a uh a Cartman there but uh, I don't know that it's uh, on the level here
1: Cartman is totally cute <laughs> ma'am ma'am what? I'm not fat I'm big bone yeah, I'm not fat I'm pleasantly plump <laughs> pleasantly plump. yeah I can't cute. do it anymore cute. it's been
0: 20 years since I tried that. Uh, I'm glad Glad there's an edit button available to me for this podcast before I post it.
1: We're off to a fantastic start here.
0: Well, speaking of like cartoon characters and stuff off the air and we were doing our mic checks and everything, you and I were talking about The Simpsons. Yes. And how I've enjoyed Disney Plus. If for nothing else, I can enjoy the catalog with my kids going through it. And I'm I'm in a segment in time here in the late 90s early 2000s where I wasn't watching the show as often uh, as previously and so I'm rediscovering I'm just for the first time you know I'm discovering some of these shows but uh, I'm wondering at what point it's going to become awkward like certain situations or something like that I mean it's pretty tame compared to other shows but I don't know what's around the bend on some of these you know sitting there with my kids and then I got to thinking wait a minute my kids watch they watch Parks and Rec. They watch The Office. I've dropped a, that's what she said around my kids. I don't know that I should be that concerned with The Simpsons. But uh, you you were talking about your own childhood. Uh, yeah, shows, right? I was going to
1: say, so, you know, I'm Gen X. So our parents didn't supervise us at all. And I Wasn't remember, it great? I remember, like, <laughs> I saw, like, Porky's when, when I was, like, eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And you go back, like, Revenge of the Nerds, which, you know, in a sense, you think is, like, kind of this, clean. it's not at all. I right. mean, it's got all kinds of ridiculous adult themes. But we watched all these movies, obviously didn't grasp some of right. what we saw, did grasp some of what some we were seeing. It, yeah. um, and our parents were just kind of like, cool, eh, good, luck. good luck to you. Yeah. And
0: then you, you say something like, uh, "Hey, let's watch such and such." Like you said, with, with the kids now, <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, um, you guys got homework or anything going on?" Because oh my gosh, uh, it's 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 an experience. Um, what we remember differently from our childhood than when we experience it. But later I, as I an still adult.
1: remember the Revenge of the Nerds song. Oh no. I'm not gonna by the way, I'm not doing that right now. Okay, that but one. I'm not and, uh, I'm not as much of a singer. Not yeah. that they were much of a singer, but we'll 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 do the clap our hands, everybody, everybody clap your hands song <laughs> on <laughs> another podcast. I don't wanna give like too much value right Thank up you. front. We gotta spread it out. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's we it. gotta keep Stick you for around. the long around. haul. Yeah. yeah. So you were born and raised in Chicago. So, yes, the Chicagoland area. Oh, I'm sorry, the
0: Chicagoland area. The Chicagoland
1: area. area So, basically, um, in the northern suburbs of Chicago, my father, um, who grew up on the west side of Chicago, which you may be familiar with as sort of the crazy gang-infested area of Chicago right now, um, he grew up there, and funny enough, he was in one of the first Jewish gangs, uh, the Funny Fellows, which was created... Basically, because they were getting picked off for being Jewish. You know, the other kids in the neighborhood, the Italians and the Irish kids and whatnot, were ganging up. And uh, so they said, well, we're going to all create this club, this gang. And if you mess with one of us, you're going to have to fight with all of us. So, like, it's going to, this is all going to explain a lot about me. Uh-huh. But uh, he grew up there. Um, neither of my parents went to college, you know, ended up moving to the north shore of Chicago when it was still kind of like farm country and eventually all the like lawyers and doctors moved in. So that's I really benefited because all of my neighbors were really smart. So even though my parents had no clue on what to do, I could see what the other kids were doing and go back and my parents would be like, oh, okay, that's great. Yeah. Go yeah. for it.
0: I, I need a shirt though that says Funny Fellows.
1: You need the jacket. So the Funny is Fellows it, jacket. Uh-huh. Okay. It's like, so it's like the Letterman jacket. Because uh-huh. we're talking about, this is like, you know, we're, we're, we're talking like Uh, 40s and early 50s here so um, it was white Letterman Jack with purple sleeves and it had the FF logo on one side and the Joker (laughs) on the other side and no. the, the reason they came up, and then of course you get your your name embroidered as well, uh, which my dad was Bugsy after Bugsy Siegel because <laughs> he would go bananas from time to time. Nice. Um, and uh, and then yeah, and then Wait, this the, was you, a gang. This was a gang. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, they what? were bad dude Jews. Yes, <laughs> on the on the west side of Chicago. I actually I want to I want to make a The the stories are so phenomenal. Hmm. They all ended up going in to the army reserves together. They made a deal oh, wow. and said, we'll go. We'll suck because they were having a really hard time signing people up, we'll go, but we all want to be in the same company. And they're like, okay. And so you had like this whole group, like I think it was 22 of them, Jewish kids from from the west side of Chicago, go to training camp in San Antonio, Texas. And there's a lot, the, from, from the time that they were kids uh-huh. all the way up through their lives, amazing, I didn't amazing know that stories. you could
0: tell the military we're a package deal. Um,
1: apparently when they're desperate for oh, people. Gosh. I imagine today you could also tell the military <laughs> what to do. <laughs> totally different reasons, but I think at that point in time the recruiter's like, Fi- Oh, there's 20-some-odd of you? Like, yeah, great, we'll, we'll take you, whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Yeah.
0: Okay, well, very cool. Um, Let's see here. You and, and this is when when we started the podcast, it was kind of difficult to introduce you in like what, because you you've done so much. I'm a collector of experience right. and so I don't I don't know how to say like what you've done and what you do. So I thought you know what we'll just get to it during the conversation uh, at some point. But you went to college, <laughs> I you went did. to Wharton Underground. I mean that's wow, that's impressive at Penn, right? And uh, that that's not an easy place to get into
1: no i mean it's pretty it was pretty spectacular again since neither of my parents went to college i get into the best undergraduate business program and this is where you know even at a young age i had sort of this rebellious streak because you know all of the guidance counselors like oh you need safety schools like oh i don't know if you should apply to the business school and i'm like i'm whatever i'm going to the business like i'm gonna bother doing it i'm gonna go to the business school (laughs) like screw you so um you know, I, I just decided to follow my gut on that one. And uh in yeah, I mean it was this whole discussion with my father. My my father was very financially savvy, even though he didn't have sort of a traditional background in, in finance or the education. And so he was it was this whole like, okay, well if you're gonna go, like you're gonna have to take out loans and how much are you gonna make and are you gonna be able to pay it off? Because I'm certainly not paying for it and mm. I don't have any money and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I graduated from school back in 1995. Yes, I was five years old. Uh, back, so Amazing. Back in, <laughs> amazing. It was an amazing prodigy. Um, and I had $40,000 in college debt back then. Yeah. And I paid it off in a year and a half because wow. that was the deal with my father. There was, there was no debt in my family. You mm-hmm. do nothing until you pay your debt off. And, you know, yeah, that's kind of the, the focus. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, what's the college experience like there? I can't. I just. I just. I. I just imagine. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. So. The, so there. So there's some like funny stuff here. There's some dark stuff here. Oh no. So I loved high school. Like I had. You're know, the typical like John Hughes, because which all <laughs> by the way all happened on the North Shore of Chicago. Like that was basically my <laughs> high school experience. I love high school. I had the best time ever. And college was very much a means to an end for me. Like, I didn't really enjoy college. Um, you know, it was a really good education. was the right thing to do. But, you know, I started drinking when I was 14, so I had outgrown it by the time I went to college. Um, you know, it was like, I, you know, I just was a- ahead of the college curve. And then I had a, a tragedy happened. Um, my boyfriend, my senior year of a year and a half, was killed in a car accident. Oh. And uh, on a a trip that he had invited me to go along on. And again, with my independence streak said, no, you know, I'm going to go home and see my family. Just relax and whatnot. Mm. And um, and so I have I feel like I must have PTSD because I don't really remember a lot. And I think it's just because my I have such bad associations with that Mm. time that it kind of blacked it out for me. So, you know, it was a great school in terms of the fact that I went from there into investment banking. I had a phenomenal start to my career. I met my husband. Like there's so many great things, but it wasn't like, oh, let me tell you about all these like fun, amazing things that happened in college. It was just, it was a thing that I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, and like you alluded to, I mean, you, you, you did so much afterward that i mean you're still doing it obviously but i mean listen to this list here because because this is what's so fun about the email that i send out where i just say yeah look, just briefly explain briefly I've had,
1: this was my briefly well, no, no, no 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 i've had
0: guests that will give me like one page answers for each question really? and i'm like all i need is just you know a quick little icebreaker, or something that you know i, I can right, i exactly. can lead lead you into right but i love this when it when it comes to briefly explain your job you're like No brief. (laughs) (laughs) So you went into investment
1: banking first? So, well, so I started working when I was 12.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so
1: I I started working. I I told my, well, actually before that, I babysat. I, (laughs) like, sold hawk stuff around the neighborhood, whatever. Uh But my first, like, where I I got, like, a a, a government uh, took money out of my paycheck scenario was when I was 12. I told my dad I wanted to go to day camp. And he signed me up to work in the kitchen of the day camp so for eight weeks i made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cleaned dishes and brought things Uh. to people which by the way great life lesson because you realize at a very young age that you don't want to work in the kitchen of a day camp for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. Um, and i worked all through high school and whatnot but yeah my very first official job out of school uh, was in corporate finance slash investment banking, which most people don't even know what that means. Yeah, I sure um, like, don't. So basically, we are advisors to companies on major financial decisions, usually allocations of capital. So we helped companies raise money in all different kinds of way, privately, publicly, and whatnot. And we also did mergers and acquisitions. Uh, I had a very big... Focus in the restaurant industry. So, if there was a restaurant company that raised money in the mid to late nineties, from Cheesecake Factory to Papa John's, largest franchisee to Planet Hollywood and Rainforest Cafe and wow. Lone Star Steak, whatever it is, I was probably involved in it huh. and raised, you know, did billions of dollars worth of transactions and um, was very successful. So, I picked. You know, we had sort of the opportunity to to choose. You know where you wanted to go work. And um, and we'll circle back to this, but remind me to ask about the... I'm gonna remind you to ask me about the uh, the job interview for this. But I ended up going <laughs> to a boutique um, investment bank instead of one of the big bulge brackets in New York, because I never really wanted to be in New York. And, um, and they were very much a meritocracy, which really appealed to me. So most of the time, you spend about three years in investment banking, then you get kicked out, you go back, you get your MBA for two years, then you can come back as an associate, then you spend three to four years, then you become a vice president, whatnot. So I was so all in and so gung ho and so like just thrown into the work and I I wanted to work on every deal and whatnot. And I was also a very fierce advocate for myself when I did things successfully that I was a vice president and an officer by the time I was 25 years old.
0: My goodness.
1: So that was just an amazing experience. And as I said, I met my my husband in the company Jim, there um, and actually helped him transition. We're both recovering investment bankers. Um, So I helped him transition from the trading floor and sales trading where he started to investment banking and and shift Mm. his career trajectory. Um, But it, it was a really great foundation to set me up with a ton of skills and also the financial flexibility to do whatever right. I wanted. So,
0: uh, not financial advice, but uh, if you had to invest a thousand dollars today, where <laughs> would you tell people to put that?
1: <laughs> so, I have a couple of themes as we're <laughs> we're speaking right now, and and at the moment that we're talking, the market has been right. you know in turmoil, as they as the big uh, big business stations like to say, markets in turmoil. Yeah. So, I have a couple of theses um, that I think make sense going forward. Okay. One of them, from a healthcare perspective, is that there are just a lot of trends in healthcare that are going to increase over time. Um, in the short term, there are many people who've put off elective procedures and surgeries and whatnot because everything's been COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> um, and eventually, they're going to have to go and, and do those things. And as we have this aging population, who by the way has the majority of the wealth in this country, there's going to be a lot of focus on how do I preserve my life and have better care. Mm-hmm. So I would be, you know, investigating companies that you think will, you know, be the leaders in, in that in that regard. Um, I think cybersecurity remains a huge issue, and as we get more and more connected, I mm-hmm. just don't see that that's not going to be an issue. Um, so again, I'd be looking in, in that, and then just general quality names. You know, who are the big companies that have really fortified balance sheets, uh, lots of um, you know growth opportunities, and that you think you know five or ten years from now are still going to be a big business. Mm-hmm. And I think you know okay. in that regard, that's good. But in general, you know, most people aren't stock pickers. Most right. people just do best to invest in you know a diversified portfolio that follows. Uh, various market indices and has some commodities and some alternatives and some bonds, Um, probably a lower allocation of bonds going forward um, than sort of traditionally, given what's happened uh, here recently. But- uh, but you know that's kind of the the approach that I would take. But again, this is not financial advice. Of and you should talk not. to a financial advisor. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Right. Cover my behind. This, blah, blah, this blah 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 blah. This just, is just me. Uh,
0: entertainment purposes only. Exactly. All right. So okay, uh, you've been a TV host, <laughs> yes, judge, yes, panelist, yes. You got to tell us about this.
1: Yeah. So uh, when I finished up in investment banking. You know, one of the things that I heard all the time was like you should be on television. And I'm like, "Great. What does that mean? How mm-hmm. does one do something like that?" And at the time, again because I'm old, um the internet was like just starting to be a thing. Um you know, there was no social media right. of any sort.
0: The good old days. We like to call them. Days,
1: you know, like I had a <laughs> Geo Cities page and whatnot. Geo
0: <laughs> yes. Oh, wait, hold on. There was Geo Cities and oh my gosh, it's killing me. What was the other one? Hang on, where you would like? Because uh, you could make. There's like three different companies where you could like make, make your own, own website. website. Yeah. It was um oh gosh, Geo Cities. I don't know. I was a Geo Cities
1: girl. I had several Geo Cities. Oh, uh, uh, hold on a
0: second. Make your. I want to see if they're still around uh, on web. Hold on. I'm finding it. I mean. We will stop this. We will sit here until 3.30 until I find this. <laughs> Hang on a second. Oh, okay, so this GeoCities competitor... I got it. Ah, what, what was okay. it? Okay. Well, for me, it was Tripod.
1: Tripod? you remember Tripod? I don't remember okay, Tripod. Okay. All right. tripod so. but, it,
0: but I know GeoCities, so the same concept where it's same like thing. here's a template and you get to... Oh, I my mean, gosh. yeah, It
1: was it was a mess. Like oh, put clouds in the background and stick a bunch of Did stuff. Do those at random, websites so. still exist
0: somewhere no, on the internet? No, no, GeoCities
1: like, was shut oh. down. But you can go to the Wayback Machine and you can pull some some stuff out I'm, of the eyes if you if you know. But <laughs> at, at any rate, <laughs> yeah. um, so as I sat and said, like, what do I want to do? The reality is, I really. Just wanted to be a game show host, cool. and I'm not even joking. I still, to this day, Keith, how do we make that happen? Want to be a game show host? We'll have to talk about. That okay, Because yeah. yeah, because that's that's what I want to.
0: Is now is there a particular game show yes. that you would love well, to be the host? Of? Well, yeah,
1: well, of course there are. I mean, that would okay. be Press Your Luck and The Price Is Right, okay, uh, of yeah. which I was not chosen for either. Um, oh. But uh, did you try out for those? No. Well, he, I sent a letter when I heard about Press Your Luck. I sent a letter to the producer and I had friends of mine in the game show world push it. I, I've never tried for prices, right? Because Drew Carey's had that position for quite some time.
2: I miss um,
1: but, uh Barker. But yeah, I mean, so I re- that's why. Oh, So in terms of the type of game show is I want one where people are really excited and they can win like fun stuff and there's like some sort of like Randomness or what? I just don't want a smart game show. Like I, like I would never want to be the host of Jeopardy. I know there was that whole thing going around. What about let's make a deal. Oh yeah, let's make a yeah, deal that, for that, sure. That, that but I want, or, or you know what? Family <laughs> Feud as well. Okay. So like, I love Steve Harvey is like yeah. my my idol when it comes to this kind of thing. Uh-huh, he's good. And I love anything where you can like banter with the contestants and make fun of their faux pas and where they get really excited and they jump up and down and we can all be excited together. Uh So that kind of a a vibe, not like, oh, let's show how smart you are. I mean, that's the rest of my life. You wouldn't want to do do...
0: Jeopardy, for example. No, I'm definitely
1: not interested in Jeopardy. So Mm -hmm. at any rate, so I wanted to be a game show host. I knew that was probably not going to be step one. Um, (laughs) But one of the things I felt was a good use of my time was to be able to put out content for small business because when I was an investment banker, small businesses would call me up and say, "Hey, I need advice." And I was like, "You couldn't afford like a retainer a day, whatever of the <laughs> investment bank, but I'll try to be helpful because I <laughs> like to try to be helpful to people." Yeah. And so I said, "You know, this using media is a good way for me to, at scale, be able to reach all these small business owners who are getting really bad advice." in a way that was meaningful like
0: don't start a geocities page
1: right right (laughs) i I actually had a a, an online show on cnbc called don't quit your day job yet so that that (laughs) kind of gives you the vibe but um you know at the time you know i said well what's something i can control and i had my brother-in-law had like a video camera and so he would come over and we would, like, you know, find people to ask questions, and I would do kind of a and a kind of thing. Oh, nice. And also, you know, people who were thinking about starting businesses, like, telling them if they had what it took, and, like, putting those out, you know, onto, like, my pages <laughs> and whatnot. And that's okay. kind of how I started. Yeah. And I used that to transition to radio, and I used radio to transition to local television. I used local television to, tradition, uh, to tr- transition to – National television doing mostly business kind of stuff. and then I got to Fox business in about 2011 20 yeah, 2011-ish or something. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they're like, well, you know, can you talk about politics? And I'm like, well, give me 10 minutes. I can talk about anything. I'm a really good researcher. Oh, wow. And so I knew nothing, like oh, wow. nothing about okay. I hated politics. I didn't care. I didn't watch the news. Like I just, and all of a sudden it's like, you're going to be a commentator. And so to think about where I am today that I've, um, you know, kind of switched. The big linchpin there actually was CNN, uh, with Piers Morgan's show, they were doing all of these very late night specials when Romney and Obama were kind of, you know, going after each other Mm -hmm. in 2012. And they're like, well, Mitt Romney is a private equity guy and we don't know anybody who knows what private equity is and can talk, (laughs) no, seriously, can talk about that background. So you'd be great for that. And of course, then I'm like the class clown on the panel, like, you know, like just making jokes and whatever. <laughs> so Piers loved that. So he kept having me back because like I, you know, everyone's like giving their very wonky takes. Right. And I'm like making jokes about like sports figures and Curious George and, you know, wh- whatever I could bring in. <laughs> nice. um, and that really. So then like I'm like, you know, a, a trusted person for like the presidential campaign, which, again, is hilarious. <laughs> um But then, you know, then you get entrenched in something. And now I know way more than I ever wanted to know. But it was totally not intentional. I just wanted to be a game show host.
0: Yeah. That was it. Well, we're going to make that happen. That's (laughs) going to be our goal. But you've worked at a fur salon before?
1: (laughs) What the heck is a
0: fur salon?
1: So, as I said, I worked all through high school. Uh So, I did a lot of retail. And there was, I mean, at the time it was more acceptable to wear furs. Yeah. My grandfather from Russia was a furrier. That's you know what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were looking for somebody to like kind of help for the summers where you probably don't know this, but when you have a fur coat, you need to keep it in a cool temperature. So right. during the summer, you put it into storage so that it's, in, in an appropriate environment and the pelts don't dry out. Uh. So this is a huge business, or at least was, for furriers and for salons, retailers, whatever you want to call them. And they would call all their customers and they would bring them in and they would, you know, tag them and put them into storage. And for me, it was like this, first of all, it was hilarious that they hired like a high school kid <laughs> to do this, but I presented very mature and it was a quick study on, on what the different stuff is because I've always been very into fashion. And so it was great because they not they like paid a commission on top of your minimum wage. So every that you came in that you were the person who like tagged and identified Wait a you minute. put
0: your initials on well, you weren't roaming around town looking for people that wanted to <laughs> store their furs no, why were great. you earning
1: a commission so I, they gave us the okay. list of people Don't you argue. called them just, yeah. their customers oh okay so there was some yeah yeah so whatever but it didn't matter gotcha. even if they just walked in if like three people were helping someone and you happen to be the person that person had five furs and i, I mean at the time i think it was I know a couple bucks, you know. That's cool. Yeah, it's like wow. So I made bank so much so that I also came back after my freshman year of college and worked there again. so I was a good employee.
0: That's right. Well, yes. So on your resume though, today it's just sitting (laughs) on Today I don't. I do. You don't put the
1: the. Yeah, I mean, well, I I work for myself, so I don't. I mean, I I have a board CV because I sit on boards of directors. Uh Um, but I don't know. Like, you don't I, have, you don't have, the, I, don't go uh, back. I don't put, I don't put the day camp on. I don't, don't put, put the, the fir- gap, which I also worked yeah, the gap yeah, multiple how, times. How was that?
0: I liked it. Okay. I'm a weirdo. Did, I liked it. But, but you put, you also answered here. You ran a football pool. That doesn't seem like a job.
1: Well, I mean, it was a money making endeavor, what right? You, you made
0: money off of, you were a bookie.
1: So it wasn't a, a bookie because uh-huh. I didn't take two sides. This is what I did. <laughs> So as a freshman, I realized that I could take one of my other friends who happened to be cute. She was blonde. <laughs> and we would go and we'd knock on, on doors in the dorm rooms and we'd have the sheet of all the different games and say, OK, pick them straight up. And then, you know, pick the winner of Monday night and then put the score as a tiebreaker. Okay. And, you know, we I think yeah. it was like five or ten bucks or whatever a yeah. sheet to join yeah. and put your room on it and then I was like so much of a little greedy pig that I took fifty percent for myself, and we put fifty percent out to the winner as the win- and and
0: wait. Did they realize that they were only winning fifty percent? I the don't pool? think anyone
1: ever even asked. Like, how, like they, they were just like, "Sure, here's wow. I a mean, here here random girl on, from the dorms. Sure, take my money and my sheet." So, if you collected five hundred bucks, yeah, they, I made two fifty. And
0: and the winner made two fifty and has no clue how much. I mean, they were thrilled.
1: They made two fifty, right?
0: This
1: is why. This is why you need to ask questions. You sure do. You gotta ask questions. Don't be. Don't trust a nice. Sweet girl with a football pool. First of all, that should have been your first clue. Right. Like, what? what's this girl? What are these two girls doing yeah. with the little football sheets? But yeah. anyway, uh, it was, and again, this was, you know, before the internet, right. before whatever. So yeah. you could do these kinds of things.
0: Man, I tell you. Uh, Nobody
1: busted uh, us, you know, up going, there's this girl running around taking half of the money. Uh-huh.
0: So. I mean, the life before the internet. I mean, it, it's it's so interesting to <laughs> it think was of. was so much better. Right, I, I, I've been a commissioner of a fantasy football league. Since, well, technically 1997, yeah. So let's just say 1997, and I mean, I would have to. I worked overnights at a radio station, and you'd get the newspaper, get the sports section, right, and then you would calculate from the night before, right, from the box scores. I mean, that was different world, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, this. Different I mean, world. this was a time that bef- before, <laughs> fantasy football was even a thing. Right, right. But I re- do you remember we used to get those. Um, football magazines, like there was like there was like the little one that was like the Reader's Digest size, yeah, and the, then there was the bigger one. Yeah, the
0: gambling places would send it to you, right? And then you would call. <laughs> And that no, was their whole pitch. No, I, I
1: was, I was, this wasn't for gambling. This was oh. just for, like, getting up to speed on the season, Well, yeah, getting but, to know the players. Oh, so. yeah, I would buy that every year. Yeah. And now I, now I yeah, order the it Poodle online. pro football, blah, 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 whatever. Right, And right. I loved that. It was so fun. It was like, oh, let's see what's going on, who got traded and whatnot. And, yeah, simpler and times. And, of course, it's
0: outdated by the time it hits the shelf. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Right. Okay, before we get uh, off of the work history fun, what was this job interview? I'm just Oh, to remind my God. You okay.
1: So this is great. So this goes, to, this is a story. This is a story about if you really want something in perseverance, not only can you make it happen, but if you keep yourself open, you never know what's going to happen. Hmm. So basically, as we kind of talked about, um, you know, I came from a family, you know, we, we were a middle class family, but we, we never had a lot of money because our my parents lived in a, a nicer neighborhood and keeping up with the joneses and everything else was very very difficult so like we did we never had new cars we never went on vacation we just you know kind of like everything went to sort of sustain us and when i was in college for the interview process particularly for investment banking and some of these you know kind of um Mm -hmm. higher profile jobs what would happen is if you got past the first round or two of interviews the final interviews, they would fly you out to the location, or if you were, you know, Philly to New York, probably take the train to do an on site interview, you know, so you could Fine. see where you were gonna work and you could meet with a whole bunch of partners and whatnot. So as I'm dropping resumes, I noticed there's this investment bank in San Francisco. And I'm like, oh man, I've never been to San Francisco before. If I drop my resume and I make it through the interviews, I could go and get a free trip to San Francisco. Didn't know anything about the company. Didn't care at all. Didn't, you know, wasn't wasn't interested, whatnot. But I really wanted a free trip to San Francisco. (laughs) So I got, you know, my resume was selected. I get ready for the interview. And lo and behold, I have a conflict. My conflict is, Mm -hmm. and it goes so random, only happened once, but this is my life. I was competing in the Miss Illinois pageant on the same day that my interview was scheduled for. Oh, boy. So, (laughs) which probably opens up a whole bunch of other questions, but let's just roll with that for now. Uh So I called the head of recruiting and I said, listen, I know it's going to sound weird, but I really want to come interview with you. I'm really interested. I have this conflict. What's the conflict? It's a beauty pageant. You gotta be kidding me. You're telling me you're gonna miss an investment banking interview because you're gonna be trotting around in a beauty pageant. I said, this is what I'm telling you. And the guy's like, <laughs> all right, listen, I don't know. Call me back. Ooh. So I called him back. And then he'd say, call me back. And this like dance went by. And 15th, 16th, 17th time I called he said, you are the most persistent mf I have ever met in my entire life. Fine. You can go to New York. One of our partners will be there. You can meet with her, you know, at this, you know, hotel suite, whatever kind of thing that we're going to have. And I'm like, um, I don't have any money. Could you pay my right. train to get to go to New York? And he's right. like, fine. Uh-huh. So at this point already, I'm like pushing the envelope. So go and have this great interview with this lady who I loved. And I did. I got out and I got my free trip to San Francisco. Okay. And I hate San Francisco. I'm like, this place is just the worst. It's not me. But lo and behold, I love this firm. So this is Montgomery Securities. This is a meritocracy. This is a place where, you know, former Olympic athletes, you know, come in and sort of transition their career and where people, young people are doing all kinds of stuff and they were working on this cool stuff and tech. And and I'm just like, oh, man, I really like it. Yeah. So that's who I ended up going to work for. So none of this happens. OK, it's just if you like as we u- unfold this, none of this happens if I don't want a free trip to San Francisco. Yeah. I'm not persistent despite the odds of like it never, you know, seemingly should have. You wore that guy down. Yeah, <laughs> something that shouldn't have happened. And then keeping an open mind, like if I was just, you know, if I went in there with the attitude as well, I got my free trip, I'm not going to try.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I, I, you know, they gave me the free trip, I'm going to be professional. And then I kept myself open and it ended up, as, you know, changing my life in many, many ways. So that's, great. That's, um, that's the insanity of how I got my first job.
0: That's great. So, <laughs> and you met your husband, Kurt, yes. and you guys have been married almost... 25 years now
1: so we've been together almost 25 um, in october and married almost 23
0: you guys have no pets you make it a point to answer this this way (laughs) you have no pets no plants no kids right i mean not even a succulent i mean you don't have to worry about that that.
1: needs water and (laughs) nothing that i can break that's the rule (laughs) So okay, but but we will at some point in the future get dogs.
0: I love this that you've already got dog names picked out. I will tell you that my wife and I had dog names picked out, and we didn't even use them. You know, because once you see the dog, then you're like, "What yeah. were
1: your dog names?"
0: Uh, we were gonna get a, a a couple of black labs. Nice. And it's gonna be a brother and a sister. Okay. And their names are gonna be Turk and Sadie. Nice. Okay. Now, we've had dogs, but we've gotten nowhere near using those names. So uh, uh, what, what are
1: your names going to be? So our future dog names. Okay, so one of our favorite movies is Trading Places. Okay. And so if if you know Trading Places, this is going to make sense to you. If you don't know Trading Places, it's not, but they're still great names. So basically, originally, they were going to be Randolph and Mortimer after the Duke brothers, Okay. which is two great names, Randolph and Mortimer right? Two amazing dog names. But then I was like, well, you know, they're kind of the villains in the the story. I think it should be Louis Winthorpe III and Billy Ray Valentine Capricorn. And then we'll call them Winthorpe and Billy Ray for short. So Winthorpe and Billy Ray will be our future
0: dogs. Okay. So, all right. I I love, I love the background. I do. Thank you. And it works out nicely, but you've got to, before you name an animal, or before you name a kid, really, <laughs> you need to you need to to know if it yells well, right? Like my, my my dog Winthorpe. Winthorpe, right. yeah. I feel like it. You works. gotta think yeah. if your neighbors are outside and they hear you yelling your dog to come back in, yeah. right? You gotta you gotta make sure like Turk, come here, Turk, <laughs> Sadie. You know what I mean? That would work. Winthorpe, right? You I gotta, feel like
1: that's good. It's it's like so? it's right out of the movie. It, it has sort of like a you know like a. A little bit of a play there and so we will get dogs make sure they reflect those um personalities when okay we Get them yeah eventually but it's hard we you know so so being um you know folks that don't have kids and that you know travel a lot for work you know we just we spend a lot of time mm-hmm. moving around and living in a very unusual way yeah where do, where do you live so i live um in downtown chicago okay. in a condo like many floors above you know right on on the on the river uh-huh. um so bullets you know,
0: can't shoot that high
1: um they <laughs> oh no yeah <laughs> we, we try to be above the line um yeah. but uh <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's not nice to have, especially we like bigger dogs, you know. We like like the German Shepherd kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not really nice to do to a dog a minute, to put them on. into a you know a, into that environment. Um, and then you yeah, know, yeah, because you when don't want to
0: be going down an elevator every time they gotta drop no, one. You know, yeah.
1: I mean, the, the whole thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I just I don't know. And then we we spend a lot of time. We we live in hotels a lot. Like mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time. In fact, I have um an entire bag that is still living in a hotel in New York from all the time I used to spend in New York with CNBC and Fox. Like, I, you know, I have luggage that lives in a hotel. Um, so eventually I'm assuming we'll have a place and, you know, maybe things will slow down a little because yeah, yeah. we, we love dogs and we'd like to have them. It's just very hard with our lifestyle. Stay in Chicago? Yeah. Um, I don't know.
0: Okay. Well, I'll good just, luck. We'll just
1: we'll just leave it at but that. But you're a
0: Chicago, obviously born and raised there, uh, sports fan. You're wearing a Blackhawks
1: <laughs> shirt right now. I'm, I'm always wearing a Blackhawks shirt. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I so football. I'm actually I have two teams. Okay. I have the Bears and the Raiders. Well, that's
0: convenient. One in each conference. What, yes, yeah. which
1: is helpful. <laughs> um, and then, and we we I break up with the teams a lot, and we get back together. It's a very sort of turbulent mean. relationship. I'm in,
0: I, I'm in an abusive relationship yeah. myself with the Falcons. Yeah,
1: so you you understand. So uh-huh. I so I have that going on. <laughs> um, and then I have the I'm like diehard Blackhawks fan. Okay. Um, and then on the baseball, I'm also like I'm definitely a Cubs fan. We went yeah. to see Game Seven um, when they won the World Series nice. in 2016. We were there in Cleveland live, which was amazing. Okay. Um, but I also like I don't hate like I like the White Sox too. My husband's more of a sox fan, um, even though he's from California, but he is a 49ers fan <laughs> Bulls fan. Um, you know they' they're actually quite good this year. so like yeah just okay. pretty much yeah we that's like the good. sport the sport ball and he's a former rugby player so really we we watch a little bit of rugby too. Wow
0: yeah that's uh, I was always fascinated by the stat of how, There are fewer injuries in rugby where they aren't wearing pads, right?
1: Exactly, or or helmets. helmets, Exactly,
0: (laughs) there are in football, and I guess it's just this feeling of invincibility when you're wearing the protection, right? As opposed to
1: yeah, it's again, it's yeah, it's it's, and also just the force. You know, if you take a helmet and hit something, or if you're wearing pads and hit something, it's obviously that level of force. You know, times the motion. I mean, I'm not the best in terms of you know, physics and stuff, but I know enough to, to know that that's um, you know some serious force that's generated.
0: Right, there. right. You have some hobbies here uh, in addition to watching sports. Um, I-, I love this playing pinball. Yes. So. Do you have like a pinball machine? I do. <laughs> is it is it a collection of pinball machines or is just one?
1: So I have um, the <laughs> Simpsons pinball party. Oh wow! Wow! How cool is that? <laughs> Full circle. So, which what's great about it? So, when I bought my first machine, um, you know, I I wanted to have something that has a lot of play value to it, and so the the play sort of. If you know pinball, like kind of things that it can unlock and like kind of lead to other things in this particular game is very, very high. Uh Uh-huh. The great thing about it is that it heckles you while you play it. Oh so no! It has, is it a
0: bunch of Nelson?
1: It, it mm-hmm. so it's not. It's comic book guy is is very very aggressive. Oh, you were doing so well. <laughs> you know that, that kind of thing. And then um, you know Homer and then Grandpa no. and Pooh and you know it's That's like good. oh it's spoiled milk isn't. Up or something like that it, yeah. it's just it's the whole time you're playing so it's so much that sounds fun. Like fun yeah yeah, it's a great it's a great time Very and i i want to add to the collection but it's just it's like yep. trying to find they trying to find the right machines and then the other problem is that the repairs it's so impossible to find anyone to do the repairs because there's only a handful of people who do them and everybody is so busy so like it's the point where you just like find like random person off the internet and you're like oh well let's just hope that it's okay oh. to invite this guy in my house you know kind of thing uh. um but uh yeah i mean the last guy is, you know Nakama was pretty good okay. um cuz you have to you have to maintain it and you have to you know, get the playing field clean and like things the wiring you kind of change this. It. Oh, but it's super fun i'm quite quite decent at it yeah. although inconsistent um
0: maybe you need a
1: and when I get my bigger place with my dogs, we'll definitely have, like, a lot of them will probably have a papa shot and some skee-ball, too.
0: Oh, um, right. But
1: so, just, again, the condo living isn't sort of conducive yeah. to having so many of them. And right. so what happened is that, of course, I get them. And then the family's like, oh, that's fun. So, like, my cousin got the Metallica <laughs> one. So, like, when we go over to his house, we play that <laughs> one. And so, like, you kind of spread the love, as I, like, always say, you know, it's Kind of like a boat where it's like better to have friends sometimes oh, that make yeah. the investment than for you to make the investment. There yourself. you go. Good thinking there. <laughs> in fact, so- my husband once said to me, he's like, Okay, so like when we get our boat in the future, what should we name it? And I said, The depreciating asset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, there it is. So um you are a former toy collector. Correct. Right. Um, with I guess an emphasis um on on dolls and action figures did I get that right yeah or so, wh- so
1: I have so I have um a, a doll slash action figure made in my own likeness
0: how did that come about that's cool
1: so this ties into my client so I have one of my longtime clients is a collectible toy manufacturer integrity choice and um one of the things so we we basically design and implement um, Fan, fan clubs and, you know, ways that you can engage with your members and customers and clients and whatnot. So for almost 17 years now, we have run this um, this sort of collector club for Integrity Toys that has grown into basically their entire marketing center for the company, and it's a phenomenal company. And um, so one of the things that they did when I, when I wrote my first book, as I said, you know, Could you make me uh, an, you know, one of the doll slash action figures that looks like me on the cover of the book as a a marketing promo? And at at the time, they were able to do that. It's not something they probably could have done today, but at the time, they were. And so that was a way for me to promote my book. That's awesome. Which has you know kind of other stories behind it. Where could you uh, get a Carol
0: Roth action figure? You can get
1: them on eBay. You can find like if you go if you type in Carol Roth action figure, Carol Roth doll. Um, you'll, you'll see lots of weird things that people have done, but I also, I, because I don't actively collect anymore because once you see behind the scenes, you know, you're kind of like, okay, I'm on the other side of this now. Um, (laughs) but I do still have, um, a handful of collections, my sort of premier collection that I have for anybody who was a star Wars fan in the eighties and had those little three and three quarter inch Kenner star Wars action figures. I have the female version, um, which was called the Glamour Gals. They were three and three quarter inch fashion slash action figure hybrid things that they created based on the success of those Star Wars figurines. And they only ended up selling them for like three years. So I have the largest and most complete collection in the world, um, including a lot of the prototypes for the collection from the year that was never released And a bunch of stuff. And the great part is because they're so small, they don't take up. And there was only so many years worth, they don't take up that much space. So I can still kind of just shove it back there.
0: Let me tell you something. I've got a place for you to check out. (laughs) Um, I know you're down here in Dallas right now, and and you're probably flying in and out of here. But if you're ever in a vehicle uh, driving, let's just say, between here and Chicago, you got to stop off at a place... It's right off the interstate, right off Interstate 35 between Dallas and Oklahoma City. It's a town called Pauls Valley. Okay. And there is a toy museum that oh, I've been in. Oh, cool! I mean, it is, it is, it is something else. Let's wow. see if I can get these pictures to come. I mean, and it's just. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, and that's you fun. will spend a lot of time in there.
1: Well, it's good because eventually I'm going to need to donate just it to don't. somewhere, so ah. it might, it'll be part of my legacy there planning. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I
0: like that. I like that. Well, that's pretty cool. I want an action f- now. That's my life goal now: is an action figure. So this is,
1: cute. this is what I tell everyone. <laughs> it's cool because you can't get one everyone can do the little bobbleheads, and you can all do your little like fake things but you can't do the real deal and that's what makes it cool that if everyone cool. could do it it wouldn't be cool all
0: right Yep. <laughs> no no i'm totally with you totally with you okay so in addition to the endless list of the things that you have done and continue to do in your life you you've also alluded to being a book author how many books have you written now
1: So, well, my last book, my last one book, I wrote three and a half books, but only published one of them. Okay. So I've published two (laughs) books. How many I've written is another story. I got you. I wrote my first book, The Entrepreneur Equation, Hmm. um, which is the anti-motivational motivational motivational book about the reality risks and rewards of owning your own business. Um, You know, the real deal about what it means to be a small business owner. I wrote that 2010, 2011, something like that. And um, and, you know, never at that time did I think that the biggest risk to being a small business owner was the government coming in and shutting you down. <laughs> um, but because that was the uh, the biggest risk, uh, Harper Collins then came to me and I wrote The War on Small Business, which was originally called The Looting of America, which I kind of wish we would have called it that yeah, because I really feel title. like. Yeah, I really feel like that's what it was. It's really more about. Um, and then it was too big to succeed. And <laughs> then it was The War on Small Business. Uh and also fun fact um since we're sharing behind the scenes stuff here is that when they did the covers we had a lot of struggle between me and my editor on what the covers. because i really wanted to lean into the war analogy and he wanted to be a little bit more cutesy so i came up and i mocked up i took one of theirs and i put bullet hole you know kind of graphics all over and Sent it back and he's like no we're not doing not gonna do that one but I feel like that would have been a, a better cover. But, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's actually, it's a, they it, we came out, there's really no graphic on it, it's just the words are the graphics, but they did a really nice
0: job okay. with it. Okay, very cool. Yeah. So you can write... With both hands. I can. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, amb-
1: ambidextrous, yeah. as they like to a- call us.
0: A- ambidextrous. See, my talent is just like writing upside down. Like, oh, uh, okay, that's good. I mean, Well, I mean, I don't know that it's very practical. Yeah, well, actually, you know, no, I found, uh, found a use for it here on the show on uh, Pat Gray Unleashed where I'm okay. able to, to write for the camera there. I, I picked that up, as I've discussed on uh, previous, uh, I don't know how many other times I've mentioned this, but uh, I worked at a golf course. And the members would come up uh, to make tea times, and I would just write upside down. So that they, nice. would, yeah. So I, that's where I picked yeah. that up. But that's cool. So I think you and Thomas Jefferson had that in common there.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. And, and, and I will tell you, I think the reason I, I think I have like one of those like fairly well split brains where I mm-hmm. have like a lot of reason, but also very creative. So I think that most of the things that I do, I have sort of the both perspective, which is why I think I can both
0: but see i knew i I, in the back of my mind i I was thinking when i saw this answer from you i thought i think thomas jefferson could do that too ambidextrous yeah
1: okay he can't do anything right now
0: that's fair point (laughs) fair point well but but when i was looking that up i i saw where james garfield who was president for all of six months could have been something special assassin uh he could write with get this one can you do this he could write greek with one hand while writing latin with the other that's insanity.
1: I mean, that, I don't know like why spooky. I would ever have a reason to do that. I think <laughs> I think it would be hard, you know, just because from a, a multitasking perspective, like your brain doesn't actually really multitask. It just kind of pings back and forth. Mm. Um, so I think that, that could really mess you. I will say that, <laughs> like, with the multitasking stuff, too, now with the Internet... I feel like the wires are more crossed now than they ever were before. That's so a good point. So where I may have been able to do that like five years ago. Now we're just like. Uh, now it might be a little bit more. Something
0: structured. can do this for me. Yeah, yeah. Maybe.
1: But I also, so so my ambidextrousness is not just riding. Like I can yeah. play sports. Throw and Doda stuff. And that cool. kind of stuff. So very, very fun. Yeah.
0: Uh, speaking of sports or activities you're, you're really good at hula hooping i am is this something that you have an occasion to do often or you know?
1: <laughs> not really <Yeah>. um,
0: <laughs> when's you the last time you when's the last time you did the hula hoop
1: so i have a hula hoop um you know in my bedroom like it that's how, that sounds funny.
0: So no, no. This is no, what, do tell. Yeah, so the,
1: <laughs> I, I work out in my bedroom, so all of our workout equipment. Gotcha. We have a uh, bedroom, so all of my workout equipment is there. Every uh-huh. once in a while, I'll take it for a spin. I have a dance background. I've been dancing since I was two. Oh, my. Although I don't really do it as much, but so, you know, I have sort of that, like, Balance, center of gravity, hip movement—all that kind of stuff—that's required. So it's like
0: it's almost like part of your workout now.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, it's like I don't do it often, but every once in a while, and I can when I hula hoop, like I can walk back and forth, I can walk in a circle while I'm hula hooping, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, again, totally useless. Uh Like if it was back when David Letterman used to have like stupid human tricks and stuff, it's like that level of something. Uh But you know, in a pinch, if like it was ever needed. I could bust that. Out. But
0: see, I remember when I was in elementary school, we almost did this like uh, we had like a hula hoopathon or something. Oh, you know, yeah, like, sure. There was jump rope for heart.
1: Right, where you would just jump rope yeah. for hours. I like, jump. By the way, I I travel with jump ropes, cross ropes. Look at that! Yeah, wow. Okay. I mean, by the way, I'm still five and think I'm on the playground. And so so, wait, yeah. so you don't
0: travel with your hula hoop then? That, that'd be kind of tough to get it's, in the overhead compartment.
1: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, go on the plane. <laughs> so here's my question: so well.
0: Have you ever tested your abilities to see how long you can hula hoop uh, without stopping? Like, what's your longest you think you could go? Oh my
1: god! I mean, without it,
0: without a hitting the floor.
1: So here's the problem is that I would get bored before I could physically. It's it's kind of the same thing. I feel like at this point, I've lost my competitive edge for things I don't care about. Like back at younger, like I was super competitive about everything now, only when I care. So it's kind (laughs) of how I feel like about going on Survivor when they have those challenges and they're like, oh, you know, you can drop out for some chocolate. And people are like, no. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm dropping. Like, see you later. (laughs) So I feel like. I don't have the mental fortitude, but like I physically, I mean, I, I'm probably as, as long as I needed to, I mean, if it's, some, it's just, it gets boring. It's repetitive. It gets so,
0: boring. Listen I mean, it's, it's
1: a circle. It's a circle going around. Yeah. I mean, how long can, but it, it, you know, once you're doing, once you got the motion <laughs> going, I mean, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that for a long okay. time. So mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I mean, I couldn't do it for more than. 30 seconds, right? But that's the thing is
1: once you get over like that tipping point, so if you could work your way up, but your body mechanically needs to know how to work that way. And and usually, it's a lot of guys, especially guys who don't have dad's background, aren't so good at that.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the biggest turning point in your life. You've lost both of your parents. I'm sorry. Um, but when your mom passed away, you list that as, as, uh, biggest turning point in your life why is that
1: yeah um so you know i had just come off of as we talked about losing my boyfriend in college mm. and so you know i i'm a year i'm like throwing myself into my work you're trying to get over that my mom's diagnosed with leukemia yeah. um so you, know, you were her, young yeah she's she, she was, was 49 real. you know oh, so at the time and then you know by the time she was you know 50, kind of full fledged. She passed away the day after her 51st birthday. Um, so there, there's just so many things that like a confluence of events. Like, a, I didn't go through the grieving process because I had just been through it with a boyfriend right before that. And oh, by the way, then after that, my stepmom and then my dad and you know, this whole thing. Um, so time. I internalized oh. a lot of grief, which had like severe physical, like I got really sick. Um, you know, years later and had a lot of, you know, kind of illnesses that I had to contend with because I had this kind of grief that I had never processed that built up in my body. And I think there are a lot of decisions that I've made that, you know, I don't know for sure, but might have been different. Like the fact that I don't have kids and my sister doesn't have kids, like maybe if like our mom was, you know, in our lives and we hadn't gone through this loss and the, I, I don't know no, for sure, but I think there, I think yeah. there that it's possible that we may have made different or you know, had the help, you know, had had people to help us with these things. Um, so I just feel like a lot of things that have happened, good and bad, sort of hinged on it, this situation. And for me, it was like, as I say, compounded because I had just been through this, this grieving process. So for me, that was just, you know when i'm when i can control things they always turn out fine but there's just a lot of things that are external that you can't control right. and you can only control your reactions to um and i yeah i think that 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 was just a a big one and then also just the fact of like not having your mom like i never knew my mom as an adult which is weird yeah. like my dad you know passed away but he was he was 77 i had my whole you know adult life with him like it's still really sad and it's still young but it's not, you know, my mom's day after her 51st birthday. So, right. y- you know, it's it's just weird. Like all these like life events, like, you know, she didn't get to see my wedding, you know, like, like just, you know, things yeah. like that which just are just, you know, hang heavy. So.
0: No. I.
1: Yeah. I can't imagine. So.
0: That that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, that, how that could have. You'll never know I'll how that, yeah. that affected no, you. No idea. I just, I just yeah. know it
1: was profound. Yeah. And everything else, you know, the way I view life, and as somebody who's reinvented themselves, mm. we've, we've only covered, like, a part of the way is... Um, I just feel like there's always different opportunities and things. You can always turn things around. Mm. But, like, something like that, you can just, you know, react and grow from it. There's no, like, real, like...
0: Reversing. Yeah, reversal yeah. Yeah.
1: of that. So I just feel like that's the that's a big turning point. Understood. Yeah.
0: So... In your life, you've crossed paths with numerous celebrities, politicians, you know, famous people along the way. Yeah. So, are there any that stick out, whether good or bad, that you uh, could discuss here? Experiences that you've had?
1: I mean, probably that you're
0: willing to discuss. (laughs) So,
1: probably the most fun I've ever had. I was a judge on a reality TV show with Mark Burnett called America's Greatest Makers. It was a tech competition show. So kind of like Shark Tank, but it was like an elimination thing where you had a certain number of competitors and they were making these you know, very cool tech enabled products and we give them feedback and they'd improve them every week. And then the winning team got a million dollars. Mm. Um, and it was just such a fun thing to be one of the judges, and you know, I can all that see co- why
0: you would have the bug to be the yeah. host of a game show. Yeah. You've been so close. Yeah, I've, I mean, you've I've been, done, I've you've done been so many. It.
1: I've done so many things. So on that, we had so we had permanent three permanent judges, and we had some celebrity guest judges that rotated, and a lot of great ones. We had Mike Rowe, who was phenomenal, oh, yeah, and Mayim Bialik, and then we had Shaq. <laughs> Shaq is hilarious. Yeah. Like hilarious and we had the craziest stuff happen on that show we we had a a contestant who sort of went rogue and did this faux pas and then like shaq kind of called him on it and like i was laughing so hard that like tears (laughs) were streaming down my face Uh and they had to stop tape and like redo makeup like multiple (laughs) times the the ceo of intel at the time brian krasanich um you know, was one of the judges as well. They were the the sponsor of the show. And uh, he had like his head between his legs, like dying, and like we could not gain our composure. (laughs) Uh, And it was just, it was just a very joyful experience one of my favorite things to do is laugh. I'm somebody I spend, I spend 90% of my time laughing. My husband jokes that like it's comedy for one that I just tell myself jokes and crack myself up all day long. So like <laughs> anything where like laughter is involved and particularly like laughter at that level where it's just like, you know, full body is just amazing. And um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed work with him. But I, you know, in general, like, I don't, I'm not one of those like, I don't, I'm not that into like people. Like, I've never had a hero. I've never been like, mm-hmm. oh, like this person. I just like the work product that people put out. So when I, when there's like a celebrity or a, a you know, like I might be a fan of their work, but I'm not necessarily a fan of them.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and, and that <laughs> ties in nicely to the question I ask if you go back in history and meet someone, you know, you, that's, that's what you had said in your answer is that you're interested in, 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 not so much meeting someone, but just what they do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I'm, like people are always like, oh, like I got like so-and-so's autograph or someone asked me yeah. for my, and I'm just like, why? Like, yeah. why is, like, I don't. See, I'm the
0: same way with I don't that. get it. Yeah. I
1: don't, I don't, I don't, I don't attribute it. Like people are very complex and flawed and I separate art from artist very well. Um, which, by the way, I think makes you a much happier person if you're able to se- separate art from artists. And so it's like, <laughs> like Michael Jordan, like, oh, my God, you had a huge impact on my childhood, whatever. Like, would I want to go like hang out? Like, I don't know that we'd have anything in common. Right. I mean, so my, my only like if, you know, they always say like, oh, who like, you know, living would you want to have a dinner party with? course as i just told you like to laugh like a bunch of comedians like uh-huh. I like, like you know trey parker from south park and dave chappelle like that'd be funny no that's the, actually
0: awesome that's a great idea yeah
1: because they'd make you laugh but like it's not like oh i want to meet like winston church like i don't want to meet winston churchill uh-huh. go Wait. back in time you know like whatever uh-huh. he's a warmonger so um uh-huh. <laughs> clever but a warmonger um i mean read his biographies Crazy. Um, But uh, yeah, like, yeah, I just I'm not that like, not that interested in. I mean, I I like people in my life. I like my family. I Mm -hmm. like to meet individuals, but like I'm not they don't like hold them up as like, oh, you've done this. So like you're special. Like, yeah. no, you're just a person and that's what you are done. And you don't
0: embarrass easily. No. No.
1: <laughs> I have no shame. Yeah. So it's hard to embarrass. You. Although as <laughs> I'm, a em- I'm embarrassed for people. Yeah. Quite I mean, from and time there's to a time, lot. There's, there's no shortage of that. I was going to
0: say, there's a lot in America 2022 cringe. that's cringeworthy. Yeah, a lot
1: of cringe. And I've had a few things. But like, it's pretty hard. Like, why would I? And I think this goes back to the people. Like, why would I care what like some person that I don't care about? thanks like it just i don't know my brain just isn't wired that way it doesn't Mm -hmm. compute yeah yeah okay and also i'm also as i said i have no shame so i'm like one of the like oh would you go stand on that table and like yeah sure why not like oh okay (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) would you eat bugs i mean i wouldn't because i don't like them not because of you know like i just I, i just but like if they were like oh would you you know go and like you know Sing the 50 states in I don't feel Like, okay, maybe. Like yeah. when you were a kid
0: growing up and your friends dared you to eat all the mush and stuff that they put in the lunch tray, would you uh, eat that? My
1: friends never did that. Oh.
0: See, you had much more refined friends. Yeah. Mine were. Hi, guys. Not, not,
1: not, not but the I was same. Also, but I, I, I always <laughs> did have a good, like, I, I wasn't like super susceptible to peer pressure. Like yeah. I always had a very good sense same of here. like. Same here. No, <laughs> I, I, I literally can't <laughs> think of
0: anything as a kid that I did because someone dared me or wanted you to yeah, do it. Yeah. pressured me into it. I was like,
1: I'm just not going to do it No, you know?
0: And that's and that's how I've raised my kids. You know,
1: that's a great that's a great thing. Yeah, I, I definitely attribute that to my parents. Um, both my sister and I, we have very strong sense of self, um, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm sure has some downside, but I think has worked out well for both of us. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, have we covered pretty much everything? I mean, I want to tell people. uh Oh, wait, I mean, that, no, laugh, I, that laugh I, says no. I
1: mean, it's. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's enough to give people a good idea of what's going on. Is it like everything? Everything probably well, not, but uh, <laughs> I think it, I think it gives a pretty okay, good. good. Well, the, the only thing we haven't talked about is is my advocacy for big hair and small business and small government. So that, that's, that's good, you know that's, a, that's a, good a good line. It's you know. Big hair, known known for my hair. It's a a thing, always have been. So you you would call your hair big hair? Well, it depends on the day. So we we would have uh, on Twitter from time to time, Big Hair Fridays brought to you by Capitalism. But my hair can get very large you know well you should
0: move they to they texas so then that's what right i've heard in. yeah because <laughs> i was just gonna say like I, it doesn't look uh, like, yeah well there's a lot big. of
1: well okay so but here here is you know oh, we've, no. been, we've, we've had it like styled and tipped,
0: yeah, Oh right? okay oh no we, here we, she we goes do,
1: like you know like a little like this kind of thing yeah. you know you could kind of yeah, see there. You go. yeah there we go <laughs> okay
0: now, now we're getting there that's very good just so
1: you all since y'all didn't see it i did a little hair flip a little white snake video kind of thing
0: Okay, so I've got to take your picture for the thumbnail for the podcast. Do you prefer that it goes back to like a more style book, or are we going with the big I hair? honestly
1: don't care. <laughs> this will
0: be fun. So on Twitter, people can find you at Carol J.S. Roth. Right. Uh, and the War on Small Business book. Right. That's, um, is, there, is there a specific place you want people to go on the interwebs to so find my, stuff? So
1: my, again but i'm thrilled to pur- have you purchase it so purchase it wherever but we're talking about supporting small business right. so if you can buy it from a local small business bookseller that money will go back into your community if you just want to support small business then bookshop.org fulfills from small business booksellers oh, as well i didn't know online. that yeah so it's a so great if place. i
0: want to make a purchase i get it, it, i like the convenience of it being online exactly but i want to help a mom and pop shop exactly. but maybe i don't want to drive to wherever they are
1: right because you're like bookshop.org te- te- yeah and not, not every book is carried by them but a, a lot of them are. that's good to yeah. know and you can see it's really cool because you can actually see from your purchase you know, how many dollars goes to the retailer and then they have a running tally of how much they've given to small business book sellers. Not given, but you have, um, you know, I helped, love helped that. make the way to. <laughs> so so
0: does it show where the store is based at? Or I don't
1: think it does. Okay. No, I think they just kind of, I mean, I'm sure probably when it's sent to you, it does. But uh, that's pretty sort cool. Of looked, yes.
0: And futurefile.com.
1: Yeah, so Futurefile is uh, one of my many businesses. It's a legacy planning system. So if you have not, whether it's for yourself or if you have aging parents, figure it out, all of your wishes and information. And I'm talking like everything from like your spare key to your passwords online to like That's... where you want to have a- access to all this information. This helps you create a roadmap to make sure that you've organized all the information and then gives your loved one the roadmap. So that if something happens to you, whether it's an emergency incapacitation or passing, that you have all the information. This is my dad created the prototype when right before he passed away from my sister and I and we used it for him and we took what he did and we we're sort of, you know, making sure other people have that. So futurefile.com on
0: that. I, I'm I'm listening to this and after going through the nightmare that was losing my dad and the aftermath yeah. from that, this sounds absolutely Incredible.
1: I mean, it literally will save you like hundreds of hours, maybe ten thousand dollars, and like a lot of stress and grief. And uh, you know, we're very, very fortunate that our father did. I mean, it was—it's still not pleasant to do, um, but to you know, just be able to know where all the information is to know. And for our dad, it was in um, particular—he was in a situation where we had to make a a pull the plug decision, Uh and so the fact that we had had that discussion got his permission and had the parameters we got to escape a life of having that on our shoulders. That decision was not on my shoulders. It was I followed my father's wishes on that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's so, the biggest gift you could give to anybody.
0: Yeah, and I see this right now. I guess it, it, it's, it's computer-based.
1: you got two two different versions. So we actually, our most popular is a fi, an actual file folder because, you know, to put physical keys and documents and yeah. things, people like to have it. So it's two workbooks. It's a file folder, and, and it just walks you through it super easy. And then we have a Windows-based software version as well. Well, which walks you through the same thing. You just have to provide your own filing folder.
0: This is... This is
1: and it's super cheap. It's under a hundred bucks. Say, I was about to say, One time it's purchase. reasonably priced Yeah, and I mean, it, this, is, this is a passion project. This is a help people get organized kind of thing.
0: Futurefile.com. Yeah. I, that is excellent. All right. Well, uh, Carol Roth, <laughs> thanks for making time. I appreciate you stopping by here. and uh, um I wish you the best at uh, those future dogs you know uh, do you know what what kind of dogs are they gonna be again
1: So you know, we, so, you know I don't, don't know for sure um, but definitely like German Shepherd is like up there so like in that genre okay. All right. well yeah. you better tag
0: me on the picture when you uh, yeah so when you, when you maybe, maybe, get them. maybe I
1: could like find a way to incorporate my game show with dogs. Well, we can on. figure figure out like a pet oriented game show, and then I can kill two birds with one stone. No pun intended. We won't be killing any no, no birds, birds. Yeah. on the game show.
0: No, yeah, you got to... <laughs> unfortunately, uh, in our society today, you have to very yeah, we be have very, to be very, very clear. clear. Yeah. Otherwise,
1: people are like she hates animals.
0: <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's think. Hold on. Let's think for a second. What if people brought their dogs <laughs> to the set? I mean, this could get messy. And yeah, it could get loud and. Depends on. We
1: were we worked with a cow on one of the shows that I was on, That oh, no. was cow a, that do? was a whole uh, to do. That what was what like, happened? That was I mean like it. I Did mean it, it doesn't want to be there, right? right? Like it's it's sad. Uh-huh. You don't you don't want to see that, and then you have like all these special handlers and yeah. Uh-huh. I mean it's it's a thing. So okay,
0: so it, people should tag you at Carol
1: J S Roth J S
0: Roth. If they have ideas on how to incorporate dogs in a go- uh, in a, in a game show.
1: Actually, just with game show opportunities. Oh, just game show If I can't get the two of them together, it's yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a,
0: yeah you'll yeah, let it so go. For
1: any of you that own a major network yeah. or, or are involved with major network decisions, oh, I'm sure you that, want to oh, You would show. be stunned by,
0: by the, the kind of people that listen to this podcast at the mic. Uh, 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 all sorts of executives. But, hey,
1: but here's the thing, and I will say this, this is a learning opportunity. <laughs> In terms of networking, you put it out there. You don't know because somebody's uncle could be an executive. This has happened to me before where the person least likely to be able to help, you still tell, and then they end up, oh, family, friend, knows, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, put things out there. People want to help. And so don't be afraid to to throw it there because you don't know who might be listening to this.
0: And maybe I will put the term game show (laughs) in the you, keywords
1: future game show yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the description
0: and maybe some game show guy uh, who's you know uh, high up in the game show world is like man I wonder if there's a podcast that talks about game shows <laughs> they'll type it in and then oh my gosh what's this and then you never know It's just, th- the rest is history
1: Jimmy Vollmer impressions being like I don't know what is happening yeah. on this <laughs> podcast I hire her okay, no.
0: alright Carol Ron, thanks so much for making time on at the mic It was such a blast to meet Carol and sit down with her and uh, have a good conversation there. I do hope that she ends up hosting a game show someday. That would be absolutely awesome. She's a natural. And next week, we're going to sit down with Dave Landau. You've seen him on TV as well. He was a contestant on Last Comic Standing. We get into a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on with that. He is also known for his role with Steven Crowder on Louder with Crowder. Dave Landau, he was such a great guy to me, and I look forward to sharing that conversation with you a week from now. It's always a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you'll join us then. And please tell your friends and family to join us for these upcoming episodes. Uh, we're now uh, pushing 100. We're getting very, very close to the 100-episode mark here And the At The Mic Show catalog. Everything listed there, at themicshow.com. And until we do meet up again... Please go be free and thank you for listening.
1: This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to themicshow.com
0: for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect.